Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm TV's John Ratzenberger. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I was hiding under the porch because I love you. Can I stay? Won't you please be my prisoner? Please, 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 please. <laughs> you in the suit. Yes, you. Take a bath, hippie. Cue the theme song, hippie. You know, you don't talk very much. I like you. Please let me in. Look at that one. That one looks like a dog. Oh, it is a dog. What? I'm uh, not allowed to have dogs in my apartment. Hey, look, he's trained. Shake. Uh-huh. Speak. Hi there. Look. Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh! My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! All right. I like Ed Asner. Let's get his voice up in this shit. Get it up? Okay, that's what we're going to do. 2009. Ah, we have a good time here, folks. This is our first uh, animated film. <laughs> I think <laughs> we that, do. Yeah, this is. Yep, it is. Um, Pete Doctor, um, screenplay by Bob Peterson. It's Pete Doctor, Pete Doctor, the story. Um, Ed Asner, Christopher Plummer, uh, Jordan, a guy, probably a few other voices in here that um, might stand out. Um, but yes, Up was a absolutely bananas box office hit when it came out and cost a fuckload of money because it did all kinds of awesome things with animation, the likes of which had never been seen. This is one of the first, as I recall it, um, like more adult than child animated flick that actually took the time to tell a really great story and not, while this is great for kids, this is not a kids movie primarily, I would think. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it's kind of like a, it's like a, a, a drama, a comedy. It's a bit of adventure. Yeah. I this don't know, movie man. I just, this type. doesn't scream kids movie. Yeah, this me. movie walks uh, like some of the other Pixar well, movies as well, but this one walks a tightrope. Incredibly dark in the beginning. Yeah, it walks a tightrope between between comedy and and drama for sure, and it and it walks it well. Uh, I mean, even when it came out, I feel like it did walk it well at the time. Yeah. I mean, who who could not think of the opening of this movie um as something that hit them right in the fucking gut the first time they saw it? Are you going to but mm-hmm. before we talk about that, are you going to do a summation? Oh, you want me to? Well, you don't have we have to. <laughs> no, we have we got Carl Fredrickson um <clears throat> and he loves this explorer named Charles Muntz. Adventure is out there. Meets a young girl named Ellie and they spend pretty much their entire lives together. Um, And unfortunately, Ellie dies and Carl's got to carry on. So he's uh, living in his home and he's holding out as skyscrapers start getting built up around him. One thing turns to another and Carl has to leave against his will. So instead of going to the Shady Oaks uh, seniors facility, he's going to instead use his skills as a balloon man at the local zoo to lift his house, turn it into an airship by using a fuck ton of balloons. And up, up he goes looking for um, the falls. What are the falls? Paradise Paradise Falls. Falls. Yes. (laughs) 
off he goes. And he runs <clears> into <throat> Russell along the way, and um, they meet a dog named Doug and a bird named Kevin. And they have some great adventures as they go to uh, South America overnight. Very, very fast airship. Okay, so that's that's up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I was kind of getting into before, n- no one who's seen the opening of this movie couldn't have been hit by the, the, the first couple minute sequence um, with no dialogue of Carl and Ellie's relationship from, um, you know, uh, meeting to death. It's such it's one of a few things in this movie that I that I would think if you were going to be looking at something in film school like how do you how do you do a good a good setup how do you give a whole bunch of backstory without telling people um the opening of this movie would do it and the use of music to drive the mood in this movie is also really quite good because while we will talk a bit about this opening scene immediately after the opening scene We start seeing Carl live his life um, where he gets up and he smashes the alarm clock and he's like brushing his teeth. He's like very, very alone. And they play this very humorous music that keeps things light so that when he finally sits on his porch and they pull back and it shows that he's in the middle of this new downtown city. um, If they had played at all depressing music or sad music or maybe even no music during that sequence, it would have totally seemed like he was an even sadder old man who never got over the death of his wife. Yeah. It just goes to show how how powerful music can be in a yeah, movie. Yeah, the the theme that that theme is so timeless too. Um, I mean this this movie is comp- the opening of this movie is completely timeless because uh, because uh, it's such a period piece when they're little kids. I mean, I love I love how how adorable he was as a child, and she was too, and uh, they're both you immediately like them so much, and and uh, she has the club, and he. She lets him join and he's so excited and I love how she is very boisterous and and very loud and he is very quiet and uh, and they they are they're just a perfect match. There's something about them. And then, yeah, then we have this very Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin esque, like three or four minutes of of their whole their whole lifespan. And And it's just it's just moments. Moment, but yeah, yeah and these the, significant the, the moments. moments they pick, they yeah, on their own would be insignificant, but put together, or anyone who's been in a relationship knows those kind of special moments when you're just you're both reading on the couch, absently just like hold hands, and that like that's love, right? So you don't need anything else. So but even move on to the next thing, jump ahead. It's like so yeah, big the jump forward to like not being able to have <clears throat> a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, it's so like, simply why, done like, too. Why can't we just have the love and then the death? Like they round that relationship out. That relationship has like peaks and valleys in the couple minutes that we see it. It's pretty impressive actually how well they communicate like the whole flux of a relationship. It's yeah, even their money woes, yeah. like the money woes where, where they decide they're going to save up when they can't have a kid and then they keep having all those things happening to them and then their money keeps dissipating and and the things that are happening are so humorous and stuff like and and then you just see that just life got in the way of their plans and stuff it it's so poignant and it's like a symphony it's it's a symphony of like music and images and and it's the color and the animation is so beautiful it's 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 shockingly uh like it's so it's, effective it's just amazing and also the theme of where John's right where they show where he ends up as an old man in a house surrounded by skyscrapers and his little teeny weeny house is in the way of their project. Uh, there's just something so timeless about, about that story too. 
the tale of like innovation and the city outgrowing it, the, he, he probably started in this little tiny old neighborhood where all the houses were the same and he's the last yeah. hold he's the last holdout you know and well, yeah. <laughs> i think it's a metaphor for him right it's like life like life has passed him by his time is yes passed. oh it's totally that there's so much theme yeah. so many themes and metaphors that are going on this script is so deep and rich uh without like uh john was saying without using a lot of dialogue or any words uh yeah you, you understand it you get it um you never doubt anything carl does for the rest of the movie because of those three four minutes that we spent there yeah nothing he does does motivations are clear and his his plan is so, so simple clear. Like it's yep. later on when you see one of the one of the things that's so cool is later on when you see that he gets the house like to the falls and it drops and then he's holding that picture. The picture shows the house exactly where his house is placed on the falls yep. at that moment. And his plan yep. was so simple, like that was all he wanted to do. And, and his motives, he's a proactive character. He, the whole movie, he's just trying to get his house there because that's what he, he crossed his heart for Ellie that he was going to do it. It's a goddamn it's, suicide. Yeah. yeah. It's genius. I think it kind of like, is, yeah. And he doesn't care. And I get that too. Like he's already lost everything. So why wouldn't he try when he has nothing now to lose? He's going to go and for Russell, the last thing. And Russell comes along. I oh, See, first of all, so Brent said the line in the opening about the hippie. I love how he's antagonizing. <laughs> The, the people who want his home. He's uh, not yeah. even just willing to go under the radar, but he's like rubbing it in their faces that they're never going to get it. And, uh, and then I love uh, uh, the introduction of uh, him hurting that person. Not, uh, not intentionally, but he did hurt that guy. There was blood. I was it humanizes. It blood. also humanizes him and yeah. makes his character flawed, right? Like he's a grumpy old man and he went too far. So he's not perfect, right? Like he no. And then they're gonna take everything away from him. And that guy's fucking like rubbing his fingers, or whatever. he's gonna get his shit. So now all yep. of a sudden we're like, you know, the hero is gonna get his, sh you know, lose everything and have to go to that home. So I I love uh, <laughs> when that house lifts off the ground and uh, and those guys are looking up and they see it. It's like there's something so you know tremendous about it. I yeah. had a question about that. Do balloons only work if they're outside of a bag? Why wasn't his house lifting off until the bag was know. opened? Oh, then yeah. The balloons are like... let loose, and then they have lift power? <laughs> no, it's totally true that, uh, yeah. that physics, the laws of physics are definitely suspended there. I won't allow it, yeah. even for a cartoon. Come on, Pixar, yeah. you could do better. <laughs> There's my no favorite other way scene... of doing that. My favorite scene along that opening when his um, when his house is lifting off is there's the the guy the window cleaner on the scaffolding that sees the reflection and then turns and then does uh, you see Carl waving to him out the back window as he's insanely just being led down the street looking out the back of his craft he has no idea where he's going. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, that guy waving at him is just such a beautiful scene. And when the when the balloons come up in front of the little girl playing in her room. And all the colors go through the room and then she like sees them in the room and then looks outside to see the host go. It's just such a great perspective for us as the audience. It's uh, it, and it's quite beautiful with all the colors. This movie just nailed it for look and feel. Yeah, they, t they definitely did. Yeah, this movie still now 12 years later is one of the best looking of all of the Pixar movies for uh, uh, just the way it was designed. Like that yeah, something so cool design. about that house just with 
that house it's so, so the simplistic idea of the house with the balloons and it and it him being able to to, to maneuver it with the <laughs> the the, oh, the rooster curtains. he's got the rooster uh a weather yeah. thing on it uh the wind and the, <laughs> the, the, this, vein, the yeah. ropes and it's totally. all being it's all being supported by the fireplace all of those all of the balloons are tied to like the it's so funny <laughs> tied to that wood grate or whatever it is yeah, yeah. It's, it's hilarious but it's he funny. has a good works, system right? figured out for lifting and, yep. and closing. He just cuts the lines, right? So that shows too one way trip, right? He was only ever planning on oh, getting yeah. there. He knew he knew he had like three days, right? And yeah. then Russell's character is is so uh, fun. <laughs> His he, introduction uh, is fucking great. Yeah, you shouldn't say fuck on this episode. Let's take this oh, fuck right. out and fucking it's move forward. It's not like there's without... a bunch of little kids <laughs> gonna all of a sudden listen to the episode because let's it's leave up. the whole. No, maybe maybe they will actually. Maybe I'm wrong. Be like, oh, podcast about <laughs> I don't know. Maybe podcast we'll about up. I'm going to listen to well, this, and then Brent's like, you "Fuck that!" You got your lesson, now, that. you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Russell's introduction is money. The way that it's just like he lifts off. You get that victory with uh, with with Carl. Is that his name, Carl? Yeah. Yeah. You get yeah. that victory with him. His house is up. He sits down, he's relaxed, he feels like he's had a victory, and then there's the knock on the door. It's like the most unlikely situation. He's in the sky. Fucking yep. love that. And he comes out and Russell's like pressed against the house, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> that view is awesome too when he opens the door and he looks left and the camera goes left and then comes back right. You see Russell and then right back to Carl and he's like, huh? It's, I also it's like really how he well says done. no when he slams the door and then there's a look on Russell's face like, now what do I do? Yeah. yeah, he's got nothing. To, he, no. He's got nowhere yeah, to go great. and nothing to do. Oh, the humor in this is hilarious. Oh yeah, I had initially questioned because when you see the house taking off, you don't see Russell on the front porch. But he says he was under the porch looking for the snipe. So we'll give that one a go. Same as Doug later on. He says he was under the porch. Um, yeah, when the house took. I don't off, know how so. the house wasn't leaving without both of them, but all right. I don't have a clue. <laughs> don't have a clue. Um, yeah, I think Brent, um, to your point, I think part of Carl's plan was like, if this doesn't work and I make it up in the air and then like crash and die, like I don't really give a fuck. So no. he, I think that's why he was so able to sit back in his seat, like thinking his plans just like I'm off. At least this is happening. But as soon yeah. as you introduce, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Russell. Russell, then it's like now he has like he he can't have that aloofness about it. It's it becomes more serious, and he's still yeah. very driven to do it, but um, but it's just slightly bit more real. So he can't be quite as um, cavalier, off the maybe. Yeah, he, yeah, when he starts yeah. to cut, he starts to cut the balloons. He's gonna he's yep. gonna go down. Yep, <clears throat> he's it's gonna so basically great, get rid of the. Pl- he's gonna abort the plan because yeah. So that shows that he's a man of principles and morals as well. Well, yep. I just love how like they spend the first part of the movie introducing Ellie, showing you how she basically like brings Carl along. Carl's more reserved, left to his own devices. He wouldn't really be probably a man of action, probably pretty satisfied with a with an easy um, life. Right. Like just work and, you know, simple things. Um, And Ellie really propels him to adventure and brings that side out of him. She goes away. And then Russell's introduced, which is the exact same thing, basically. He's just propelling him to adventure and is kind of like bringing that youth into him. Where otherwise he seems like one of those old spirit kind of guys. He's just, you know, he's got that that oldness about him, that maturity and that that quietness. 
Um, I just, I fucking love it. Cause it's like, it's always what he needs the most. Right. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it doesn't seem cheesy to push him into doing things slightly differently or, um, it's still like, it's still his decision. He always acts consistently within his character. It's just these, these things out of his control happen and then steer him in a new direction and he, he changes the plan and he rolls with it. And it just makes it so nice, like the little details in this that just let you know what's up and what to pay attention to and why people are acting the way they're acting. It's it it seems like a dead simple thing like that you should be paying attention to. But this movie just does it insanely well. So good. Structurally, too, it it builds in a really cool way. It uh. It builds because uh, you keep meeting new characters. So he meets Russell, and then after he meets Russell, they end up meeting uh, the dog Kevin. first or the bird. Is it Kevin first? They meet Kevin first. Kevin, and then Doug, and then they 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 meet the other dogs. Then they meet the the what's his name? The uh, Charles the, Months. Months. Like so, like you're constantly introducing new elements and characters that are creating conflict. It's like. Yep. It's this this movie moves. It's a little bit longer than uh, a lot of animation, but not much. It's still under two hours, I believe. Yeah, it, it is one fifty six. No, it's an I think. hour thirty six. So the what? the movie in scope feels so big, <clears throat> but the story is quite small, really. Yeah, it's no, it's it, nice and fast. Even when you meet Charles world. Months, it's like he meets Charles Months. He meets his hero, and even that little is uh, that little um, victory of his is very short lived because Charles Muntz very quickly starts to become skeptical of him, right? And yeah, oh, yeah. Um, they've got a they've got a the antagonist right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> he takes a while to get introduced as the antagonist because it's more like a you know, man versus nature kind of thing happening for the first. Yeah, bit. totally. It is. Yeah. And, and man then versus himself. And then it turns into a, you know, they, they kind of are getting over their ship, but then they throw in these new elements and it's not like it comes out of nowhere, which is like, it's all been set up. Cause I, I was saying at the time I was watching this with, with Nat and um, I was like, isn't it like coincidence that this is just where he ended up? But it's like, it's where he was going. So like, I'll give that a pass. And then it's where months had gone to spend his time. It's the exact same spot. So if he found that, of course he'd find months. So that was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a stretch that that storm happened. And then he ended up at paradise falls, South America, but not he, likely, but you got to no, let but go. He also, yeah, but that totally makes sense because he would, Ellie and him were inspired to go there because months did. So, yeah. so there's no coincidences like they 100% wanted to go where he went and they ended up yeah. and then he yep. ends up meeting him along the way. And he is now a recluse who has been completely cut off from society and he's living with these dogs, <laughs> having them cook all his meals. That dog, those dogs are fucking shitty at pouring champagne. I'll tell you that. Yes, I, did he even get in those though. glasses? Did any get in those glasses? <laughs> Like not a much. Little, that <laughs> bottle was wasted. What a fucking waste of that. Sh- they good did champagne. drop it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know how the they do- cooked. How do they cook the hot dogs without eating I it? I don't even. Don't even, man. Because they. <laughs> they put that the scene where they bring Russell territory. the hot dogs and they pour in the juice, and then when he's looking at the juice, the dog sneaks under and eats the hot dog, and then when he goes at that, it's licking the juice. I laughed out loud. Yeah, well so past that scene. Oh yeah. Well past that scene. I and think, then the other. I think it's all funny. My, 
Yeah, my, my other favorite is when uh, Kevin is um, uh, picks up Russell and is like tossing him around in all the like comfort motherly positions, and then when it finally gets to think that Carl's okay and gives him the pat on the head, like again, um, uh, Kevin can't speak, but is like one of the more emotive characters with with how it is. Like you know when it's 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 calling to its babies, you know when it's getting defensive, you know when it's <laughs> just being a fucking jerk to Doug. Yeah. Like how do you like? It's so amazing they can do that with a with a, a bird. My two favorite bits uh, are when he does the tent, and then the tent gets slingshotted into the canyon, and uh, <laughs> and then the other bit is when when uh, Carl wakes up and he hits that frog on the head, and the look on the frog's face that he just fucking smacked it, and then he just jumps away because <laughs> he thought it was his alarm clock. I thought oh, that yeah, that was that's right. that's is so that just a, it just like comes out of nowhere. But he yeah. he hit his alarm clock in the beginning, so it's a callback to that, which is really funny because yeah. now he's outdoors and and he thought he was at home. Uh, I love both those two moments, and then all, a lot of the stuff with the dogs I love too. Um, uh, I like all the voice boxes and the bits with the the voice changes when the wires. That's all hilarious. And Doug when yep. he pats when he pats him on the head. And it like looks like it hurts like hell because he's so strong. <laughs> he's trying to be nice, but it would hurt. Yep. But he doesn't yep. know his own strength. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Kevin. Kevin is like uh, such a huge part of the story. And uh, the choices Carl has to make, like Carl is once again very proactive. Yeah, uh, he chooses to help Kevin. Uh, like when Munce when Munce says like that he's gonna go that he wants to go after that bird and stuff and he realizes he's talking about Kevin, you could see clearly Carl making silently makes a choice there that he is not gonna help this guy get this bird. Right? Yeah, it's not who he thought. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he he's protecting him and then when the he they see the bird, oh yeah, it's just Carl's character is great. It's everything hey, you want in writing. Moral. He's yeah, got a, he's got a wicked moral compass, and that's a, that's the thing. Is like at first he, you kind of think he's like the stereotypical old grumpy guy, but you just get to see he's more than that. It's 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 just the kind of circumstance. He's just kind of bummed with what has happened, which is why he's miserable. Because I I get the impression you see him in the zoo and stuff when Ellie's alive still, and he's selling balloons. I mean, you can't have a much more simple job than selling balloons at the theme park type of thing, but. He's happy. He's enjoying his life there and doing that stuff. And then you see later, like, obviously she goes and his whole life falls apart. And that's when he becomes miserable. So seeing him come around again and seeing that, like, you know, you see that moral compass in him and stuff, it rounds him out so nicely. It it, it takes, like, he's he's just fully three-dimensional, right? Like, everything about him is something that you can empathize with. And it's it's a way that you felt right, like I've, you you felt bad despite being good because situations. It's fucking, he's also yeah. it's just he's such also depth the for a cartoon, man. He's also yeah. the he's also the, the reluctant hero, like he he doesn't oh, yeah. wanna he doesn't wanna save Kevin, but he no, he he has no choice. Like he does, there is no choice to turn Kevin over. There is no choice not to get Kevin to his babies. But but that he's also kind of pissed about that or annoyed about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's doing it even though he doesn't want to because because that is the right thing to do. And that's yeah. always like the best heroes are the reluctant yeah. heroes. Like 
Like, uh, Bruce Willis doesn't want to save the day and die hard, but he doesn't have the choice. Yeah. He, he's no, the only right. one who and can like, do it. The other, the other neat thing is when Carl is flipping through the book, the adventure book, and he gets to that page, things I'm going to do. And he thinks there's nothing in it because they lived a very simple life. And even though it was full of love, whenever he closes the book in this, in the first two scenes, you see him with it, you can see the regret on him that he just it's not that he regrets anything with his wife he just like oh we should have should have like that just that regret of needing more adventures until he figures out later that she felt their life was a great adventure um which he didn't realize he didn't realize that they had it until she she he got to see it in the book i i I gotta tell you i (laughs) saw when i saw her her notation to him at the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) I totally fell to pieces. Yeah. It was so good. It's so good. It's so good. Like it's such a, it's so simple. Do you know what I was thinking is that if, if in the scene where he was about to be taken to Shady Oaks, he was flipping through and he had to found those pages. If he had to kept flipping, he probably would have went with those guys and gave up on his plan. I wonder if he would have, if he just would have been like, I don't know. We did have an adventure. Maybe. Okay, I love my wife. I'm going to go retire now. That's fine. Or whatever. Or what do you have like it's been possible. S- still it's a so good gung-ho? I wonder about I've that. I've thought about that. I thought about what would have happened if he would have found those pages sooner. But he still yeah. did make a promise, so I don't know. Does that mean he doesn't have to do what he promised to do? I don't know. I, don't I think know. he could so. just be okay with it. At the For me, it's more so about him letting her go. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what I mean? Like not and the and the house go because the house to have regret. Going, but he gets a fucking airship though. <laughs> yeah, a, I know. He just takes it too. Do? He just jacks that guy's airship and then goes to have pancakes. Well, that and guy's Russell's, dead though. Well, who? Russell, who I know, but still, you gonna jack airship? his thing and his dogs? Like, yeah. there's got to be some kind of fight for that. I don't know <laughs> who for who. That guy's like missing, and no one knows he's uh, like his relatives. I don't know, man. Don't know, just be maybe. like, hey, Carl, where'd you get the airship? Oh, I killed the last guy who owned it. So. <laughs> and then Russell's parents let him go hang out in the airship with Carl now? It's like, sure, go ahead, honey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that part would be weird. But, like, maybe they wouldn't after they found out yeah. that he was doing that. Like, it is. I do like that they exclude um, him, them going to explain all this to his parents where he was for days. Yeah. You don't need that. Like, no, that's you just don't. A, they, they make a big enough deal about Phyllis and <clears throat> and his dad being a jerk. See that that's the moment that gets me is is in the the last sequence when um, uh, Carl's not just there for Russell at the ceremony and doesn't just like pin the badge that he earned on him. He gives him the Ellie badge because oh, yeah. he's like ready to pass that on. Like that's crazy. Like who's cutting onions <laughs> in here? Who's cutting that shit up? <laughs> Yeah, this movie is very emotional and it does still pull at the heartstrings. It's very effective, does that. It's crazy. I like, I'm hard-pressed to think of movies that do some of these things better. Brent, how much did you cry when you watched this? And did you watch it with your daughter, Ellie? I watched part of it with her. I didn't cry. But um, a lot of these movies do this. The Pixar and Disney's do this well. <clears throat> Toy Story has the whole thing on the third one where he gives his toys to that little girl. And you witness like all of the toys leaving their home and like realizing having that like realization that they can do more good somewhere else. And that, you know, the loss is part of a new rebirth. And then you take um, what's the one with the in the brain? Um, Oh, inside out, inside out. 
that one has a ton of this type of gravity too. Oh yeah, like Pixar and, and Disney does an amazing. Well, think about Wally. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what they do. They they do complex, real emotions, um, in in a medium that's usually reserved for kids. And I think they are reserved for kids, but they're just allowed to be more deep. Like, you know, fucking Nemo's gone, and he's gonna go to this fucking kid like he's essentially gonna die in a couple days if his dad doesn't swim across the ocean yeah. somehow as a clownfish like i don't know did i'm out of fucking track here what i'm trying to say is beautiful <laughs> beautiful movie gorgeous um, it's fucking gorgeous <clears throat> it is gorgeous yeah the look the look and feel this i love the character design they're not like well they're human obviously but like very boxy carl especially is a very kind of squarish face but Every oh, character damn, has yeah. tons of expression and the texture on everything is really cool. The like his suit and his ties, the fabric, the colors from the balloons, the the landscape and the like there's lush greenery. They just they they crush this. They must have like created so much new technology to make this look like it looked. They must have done so much shit like that. Christopher Plummer is months <laughs> is awesome. Ed Asner as Carl is is awesome. I love their voices. Ed Asner especially I think he's dead now, is he not? Better believe he's coming up in May. I yeah. think he is. Yeah, I thought he, he was too. Yeah. I don't see a death. No, I, I think like Pixar and Disney, like Pixar especially, I think, because they got acquired by Disney, but they've like started to blend the way they do things. But I think they have like an actual like semi formula for how they for how they do these movies. And while like some of the story structure might change or they might pick a different type of story, I think the way that they focus on the um, the characters and how to create them and make them likable and, and empathetic and like in some way, shape and form have characters that we as the audience can relate to and, and understand. Um, and so much of growing up, I think, is stuff that, you know, usually we can find ways to relate to. So that's why I think they 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 tend to have a lot of young people in their in their stories. They they um, also he's a, they he's also alive. did things. This movie, this, oh my god, ninety one. This, this movie you, is Ed. this movie is like got an action movie, like the chase scenes where the dogs are chasing them and stuff is are crazy. Where where uh, Russell is is floating between the pillars that are collapsing behind them, and Kevin is like jumping over all those pillars and gets bit by the dog, and like they the house floats over the canyon. That's like the craziest action scene. Like the yeah. action scenes where where he he chucks all that shit. Out. I love when he chucks all that shit out of his house, and he gets the fridge out and he he raises his arms in victory and he's like ha ha or whatever. And then he takes <laughs> off and he attacks the fucking airship. And then they have the airplanes yeah. with the dogs and the darts. There's a yep. sword fight in this fucking movie. Oh yeah, this movie is a drama, a comedy, an action movie. Another one of my favorite moments is during that attack is when Russell is uh, hanging on to the hose and uh, the guy's like, where are they? And all of a sudden yeah. you hear that. <laughs> and you look and you see his face. Russell's face is scraping along the windows. Yep. That's fucking hilarious. Every time that never is yep. not funny. Um uh, like I love all that shit. The, the, I could have done without the dogs and the planes and the parachutes and stuff. I thought that was a little, you know, like overly. <laughs> you don't a really. Much. Do we really need that? I don't know, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> they are like biting bones. I mean, at this point, like 
the dogs are cooking meals and uh, pouring champagne and making cherries jubilee. You know, let them yeah. fly planes, I guess. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, the guy. Yeah, that's fine. Th- and this, I, otherwise, this movie did dogs like the most accurately you could do dog characters. Like they're squirrel. Yeah, like yeah, the squirrel stuff that they were eating things, misbehaving. They just can't help themselves, right? Like no matter how, what kind of technology they have around yeah. their necks, they're still going to like eat your hot dog if you don't look. And how bad how badass is Carl when he puts on the sash and then he like puts his uh his walker his behind cane, him yeah. in the sash and he's like Rambo going into that. And I love like the mechanics. There's so many cool mechanics of this that are practical. Like he uses the hose to tie the airship and then Doug reels it in with the with the handle on like all that type of stuff is like just so simple and practical and smart. The, the writing and the animation, it just all feels like it's possible and plausible, even though it's yeah. not. But it feels like it is. It's, yeah. it's so well done. I agree. It's so well done. And the, 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 the Dark Knight of the Soul, I mean, is, is really uh, when uh, they, they're going to get Kevin home and he gets net, netted. And then he tries to burn down his house. He throws a yeah. lantern and his house is on fire and he has to That's put it out. That's a tough decision. Yeah. That's such and, a tough. and then they fly away in the airship and all is lost. And they're just like, yep. they're sitting there in the smoldering of the house and they've lost. So yep. it's just, it's this movie's structure is so, so smart and well done. Yeah. I, story-wise, it's a home run, I think. I, I think so too. I'm surprised like uh, this was so this one for best animated feature of course, best original score which it absolutely absolutely deserved because the music, great music so perfect for everything. Like you might not listen to this score like on your own, but when you watch this movie, like it couldn't be any other way to give you the same experience. It'd have to be what they did and it's awesome. Um but it was nominated for best picture. Um I'm not sure what beat it but it did I not mean, win it for best fucking, picture it could have fucking won that too honestly yeah I'd thinking like about it, it like it's pretty flawless like are there mistakes like it's not too long um it's not long no one acts in a way that makes me go what the fuck that yeah, motivations to Paradise Falls. Are clear. yeah yeah that nothing there yeah it, it makes sense it makes this movie makes sense uh yeah mm. i'd love to know brent are you looking up what beat it uh, I was going going to yeah. yeah yeah I'd like to know because uh I mean I, I don't know I don't think an animation has ever won best picture I'm I'm sure it hasn't but if anyone could have won it it could have been this yeah I'm not sure I know Beauty it and the Beast feel it's and easier. Toy Story Toy Story three and Beauty and the Beast were the other pictures nominated for best picture um. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, it's 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 really great. It's really great. Well, Brent will keep looking for that one. Anyone got anything? Yeah, anything like that doesn't work? Can't like I could call it a few more of my my favorite scenes. Anything with the dogs are freaking good and Kevin. It's just great. I mean, I love uh, we haven't talked about it much, but I I love when they when they get there and then they decide they're going to walk the house. <clears throat> that whole right. sequence where they they meet oh what one brent all right so i'll tell you the nominees 
Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, and Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, Up, Up in the Air, and the winner, The Hurt Locker. Oh, tough year. They nominated like 30% of the movies that came out that year. Wow. I mean, The Hurt Locker is pretty good. Or it was. I yeah, Hurt Locker. Holds up. Let's add that that's, to the list, first of all. Yeah. If it's in 2009, that's in the wheelhouse of what we're looking at. <laughs> right on. Cool. All right. Holy yeah. shit. Um, that's a lot of nom- nominees. It's usually like four it's or nuts. five. It's a lot. That was of like nine. Yeah. Like Up in the Air, that was a pretty decent movie, as I recall, but probably not a Best Picture winner. Up is no. <laughs> This this was good. I was gonna say I was surprised the Blind Side because I think Sandra Bullock won for Best Actress that year for that. Yeah, she did. Hmm. Would that movie hold up? Well, we're gonna have to go through the two thousand nine Oscar the blind nominees. Side. Really? Oh, well, we should do all the two thousand nine Best interested. Pictures. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, it had something to like do with like an adopted kid family drama. Like I was like, I'll pass on that. But it's, like, it's just it's that that dude ended up football. playing for the Ravens. No, I know. And that guy is legit. And I think that yeah. story is a really nice story as far as like being, you know, in my 20s and wanting to watch that movie wasn't where I was at. Nice. 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 Well, <laughs> this movie made fucking $750 million. It's a little bit. Can you imagine? 750 It cost almost 200 to make. 175 That's to make. That's crazy. This did? This, yeah, this took a whole bunch of balls and vaginas to to make. You're saying that op fucking t- cost it. op t- cost two hundred million dollars to make. Yeah, one hundred and seventy five. What? And made seven hundred and thirty five. In the year when Avatar was also five? released, apparently, which made billions, so people were just jamming money into movie theaters back in this day. Fuck. Yeah. Crazy year. Crazy year. All right. Any other comments? We're going to cut it off. Let's give this movie a call. Who's Let's got the first? Who, who wants I mean, to say? It. It's, per, it's perfect. I like it's. I, I, don't, I don't think there's one thing that I was uh, that that's it. it's flawless. So it's yeah, it holds up. It's flawless. I So I'm just looking this up, though, based on what you just said. So Coco also, which is a newer movie. 2017 yeah. cost 175 to 200 million dollars. What is fucking? Uh, the technology is getting better, so shouldn't it be yeah. cheaper to make these? This animation is is pure, and then you got a ton of voice talent. Those guys aren't getting paid nothing. No, I know you the voice need, talent's one thing, but you're not arc, paying though. 200 million dollars to fucking voice talent. Uh, I remember seeing that Coco had some of the biggest, most elaborate like matte paintings in the background for some shots, like that used so many colors it was ridiculous. Still, it that took budget like, is so months big. to do. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot in the art. Like the technology for the animation is definitely improving, but you still need like the textures and and then you need all the story. Yes, you just think the, the you just think a lot of this stuff would would fill in on autopilot at this point, but seems like not. Mm. I guess I guess it still seems. I think it's like getting you need better. a lot of people. Yeah, I, well, I think it's Toy Story, everything. Toy Story, everything was like, um, everything was like silicone. Everything looked uh, shiny and there was no hair because the animation was so difficult that they just made everything shiny. 
and uh, yep. smooth surfaced and there's not a lot of texture but i mean these See, days I thought those things were were stylistic choices i thought i think a lot of these these um animation differences are stylistic choices no but you're seeing no but you're seeing it in, like i've seen documentaries on this you're seeing like so monsters oh, inc was one of the monsters inc was one of the breakthroughs because they figured out like, how to do hair the, the like hair, so yeah. well so quickly and easily so so that that's why that you saw that departure in the animation and and like um and that's why toy story i think stylistically they did the second yeah, and the third that, one when did that final fantasy movie came out the final fantasy movie came out before this that was a that big one it was like that was a big very one at the time, hugely yeah. photorealistic but like anyways I think the possibilities yeah. existed is what i'm saying yeah so anyways yeah, yeah. this holds up and it's like a symphony or a harmony of fucking every element of storytelling music voice acting color like sound like it's just it's just it's it's a perfect symphony that's it holds up completely nice what do you got brent well i'll just say the same thing um <gasps> that it holds up and I find it to be quite a nice little jaunt down an hour and a half of your life. And the old man is nice and the kid is nice and the story is nice and this movie's nice. John, what do you think? <laughs> An old man and a little Korean kid? Bring it. I love up. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got to say. Now, this movie, it, it is. It's pretty damn near flawless. Um, I like it's usually the par for the course with these with these Pixar ones like this and up um, yeah. and Disney's getting in on it now. Um, I mean, obviously they have to co-brand all these now, but Soul is really amazing. Inside Out is really amazing. Soul's Coco great, is yeah. really amazing. These are all like these are all movies that that um, have found a much better blend um, of the adult and and kid. Um, it's just like a kind of like a family movie. It's like serious and it has dark dark things it covers and it's for the best because you learn from them you see it's you know it's not the end there are other possibilities there are other adventures out there and your loved ones would want you to go live them um there's so much you can get so deep into this stuff i think there's so much relatable i think the the old like cartoons used to just be heavy kid focused and like only kids would like these things and then we grew up with that um um whatever you call it, when you think about things when you were young, that fondness you think back of. Um, and now we have these kind of movies, which are just going to carry on as like amazing movies going forward. There's none of the nostalgia. That's the word I was trying to think of before. That's, you know, there's no nostalgia needed for up. You could watch this at any age at any time. And this is a fucking solid movie. So I highly True recommend story. you do watch it because it, it fucking holds up. It's great. It is great. This is like, a, a, a curmudgeon would watch this and this would be their pretty woman. Right? The person That's who true. like doesn't believe that animated films can be for adults. They're only for kids. Our kid garbage, you watch this. I, I dare you not to cry. You curmudgeon fucks. <laughs> John's invented a person to hate. <laughs> he has. If you don't like up, I don't want anything to do with you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But see, that's broad because everyone's going to like up, so no one's going to be offended by that. 
All right, uh, up definitely worth checking out. Um, all right, that's it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We got some fun stuff coming up for you. We'll keep panning it out every Sunday at noon. Um, check back in for the next one. And as always, thanks for joining and enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.